You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. Hi, my name is Mike Hall, and I'm a grateful believer in Jesus, and I struggle with substances, and I have over 12 years of victory over misusing alcohol, gambling, and pornography. First of all, we are so thankful to Real Life. It's been a blessing um, to be here. It's a great church, isn't it? So I have three goals today. Uh, I want to introduce you to Celebrate Recovery. I want to demonstrate that each of us can benefit from Christ-centered recovery. And third, I want to hopefully overcome any misunderstandings you might have about recovery. And let me just be straight up about, you know, as we start here, um, gosh, when I first was having issues and I was uh, connected with Daryl Anglin, uh, Daryl and Sherry Anglin started the Celebrate Recovery Ministry over 15 years ago here in Moscow and he was recommending that I come to CR and I'm like, so if you have any hesitations, um, you know, I understand. And, uh, but you know, I'll tell you, it's, it, Celebrate Recovery is now in 37,000 churches worldwide. So there's something good going on. So hear me out. So let me start with a story. Um, thir- over thir- almost 13 years ago in August of 2007, it was a bright sunny morning. Sherry came into my office and she said she was moving out. She said she'd had enough of the anger, the lies, the gambling. Our relationship was distant and in tatters. And I distinctly recall I can't wait till she goes because I want to drive to Spokane and play poker and drink. And my feelings were dead. I was driven and addictions ruled my life. I didn't even care about one of the most important relationships in my life. So what happened? Jesus had saved me when I was 19 out of a sex, drugs, and rock and roll lifestyle. He rescued me from a deep depression and my life had changed dramatically. I began going to church, reading the Bible. Uh, I was involved in the college group. I met Sherry and a year later we got married. Um, I even went to Bible college and I served in lay ministry in the church and we had two kids and 14 good years. So what happened? Well, I'm going to lay out some of that stuff as we go through this today. But in a lot of ways, I lost the battle of of discipline, particularly with pornography. I also was unaware of how to guard against spiritual attacks from the enemy, and I didn't understand the healing that was available from my heart from God. If you'd like to hear this whole story, um, you can come to the Celebrate Recovery-a-thon, and Friday night at 9.25, I'm going to be doing my testimony so you could hear all the details. Now let me shift gears and frame Celebrate Recovery in three aspects of Christian living, those things I mentioned, discipline, spiritual warfare, and healing. So first, discipline. So as as believers, we're taught to stop doing certain things, right? Illegal drugs, drunkenness, sex outside of marriage, lying, stealing, cheating, you know, the big 10, and disobeying God, right? We're also instructed to do, start doing certain things. Regular church attendance, quiet time, read the Bible, get involved in a home group, serve others, and tithe. You know, obey God. 
In Celebrate Recovery, we are focused on biblical principles from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and discipline is an important aspect of the program. In fact, consider this first one. Voluntarily submit to any change God wants to make in my life and humbly ask him to remove my character defects. Happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. And then James 4.10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. There's other principles where we encourage folks to have a daily time with God for self-examination by reading prayer in order to know God and his will for my life and to gain the power to follow his will. And the next, yield myself to God to be used to bring this good news to others, both by my example and by my words. Happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. So these are all good things, right? You probably already rely on the Holy Spirit to strengthen you to do these things in your walk with Jesus right now. We also know that maintaining discipline is not always easy, particularly since most of us have experienced the pain of our own sin, the sins of others towards us, or maybe even trauma, neglect, or abuse. We talk about you know um, hurts, habits, and hangups. You heard Josh mention that, and a hurt could be classified as any life experience that may have damaged your heart, some offense against you that crippled your ability to deal with the world in a healthy way, something that may have twisted your view of yourself, God, or others. When we talk about habits, these are things that tend to be unhealthy patterns that often start as a perceived remedy for some problem in your life, but end up turning into a chronic bad behavior or addiction. Habits are the repeat default scripts you run to when the going gets tough. They are your grooved plays that continue to lead to trouble in your life. And here's a list of some of those. Now lastly, when we talk about hangups, those are roadblocks that keep you from progressing further in God's plan for your life. They're often shaped by some bent thinking that you may have received as a child or some unhealthy attitude you may have adopted as a means of coping with life's challenges. So as we journey with God in our lives, we bring our baggage with us. There's a New York City pastor, um, Peter Scazzaro, who wrote a book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. He argues that we can't be spiritually mature without also being emotionally mature. In that he has 10 signs of emotionally unhealthy spirituality, and I have just a few here. Number one, ignoring the emotions of anger, sadness, and fear. Number two, broken over, uh, covering over brokenness, weakness, and failure. And third, denying the, in, the past's impact on the present. Let's talk about this, little, this last one a little bit because many of the hurts, habits, and hang-ups we just read about originate with something in our past. Some would even say that uh, in talking about CR that we focus too much on the past. And in fact, I've heard this verse used in talking about that. From Philippians 3, Paul says, Brethren, I do not consider what I have, that I have made it my own, but one thing I do 
Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I would challenge you, though, to go back and look at this passage, and you'll see what is the context of what Paul is saying there about forgetting what lies behind. He is forgetting what had given him confidence in the flesh. He was circumcised the eighth day. He was of the tribe of Benjamin, a Pharisee, a real Hebrew of Hebrews. In fact, in verse seven, he says, whatever gain I had from these past things, I count as lost for the sake of Christ. And also, if you go back and read the book of Acts, you'll see that Paul never minced words in speaking about the failures of his own past. In my own life, I had this previous perspective, right, that I, I, after God turned my life around at age 19, I did this. I wanted to forget about my past and put it behind me. I wanted to be a perfect Christian and serve God in ministry. But my memory was too good, though. The memories of my past sinful life, particularly those people that I had used and that I had allowed to use me as well, all my sinful past that I was ashamed of, Satan would often use these memories of my past life, particularly those people that I had, and I said that already, um, Satan would use these memories to attack and discourage me, and no amount of discipline would change things. But I always tried to double down, you know, try harder, make a list, um, make new resolutions, read the Bible more. In fact, Early on in my walk, I had read the New Testament 30 times in two and a half years. So in CR, we teach that discipline through the power of the Holy Spirit is very, very important. But it's not everything. We learned that it's important to deal with our past and with God's help to move forward. Let me just share a few testimonies of those who've um, had some deliverance from their past. There was a man who was dealing with marriage problems. He came to CR. He was angry and controlling and bitter about the past and things that his wife had said and done. Through faithfully working the program, he has been freed from bitterness and is a completely different person and faithfully serves in our church here today. There was also a woman who came to CR who was completely shut down emotionally from the hurts of her past. At CR, she learned how to reconnect with her emotions and how to talk about them and has been able to move beyond her painful past. And third, there's another man who came to CR who had experienced terrible abuse growing up. He had used drugs and alcohol through the years to drown out the pain, particularly of his horrible feelings of rejection. Through CR, he found community and acceptance and has now become a great prayer warrior for the kingdom. So let's take a second look at an important, the second important aspect of Christian living, which is spiritual warfare. Ephesians 6.11 says, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the wiles of the devil. You know, as Pastor Josh taught last month, talking about John 10.10, Jesus came to give abundant life, but the evil one is always trying to steal, kill, and destroy. You know, he tries to get us to make agreements with his lies. A lot of times it's lies about the past. 
but we know that we need to take every thought captive because there is more going on than our eyes can see. There is an unseen world that is just as real as the seen world. Now look at Ephesians 4.26. It says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. You know, anger is an emotion and I'm sure there's lots of other emotions related to that that Paul could have brought up. And this unresolved issue here of, of leaving that anger when the sun goes down says would give the devil a foothold. So I think what we see here is that these unresolved emotional issues give Satan a foothold in our lives. And that you could say it's also maybe relational issues as well because when you're angry, you're usually angry at someone. So in CR, we have a process called inventory that helps you go through your history and list it out and then you go through it with your sponsor. Here's some of the principles from that section. Um, Openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone I trust. Happy are those who are pure in heart and confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. On CR on Friday nights from seven to eight, we have a a large group meeting with uh, uh, some worship time. We read the principles and chip party and we have a lesson or a testimony. And then we, um, from eight to nine, we have small groups where you break up into groups of ladies or guys and you're able to uh, talk about, you know, and it's, it, there's, there's uh, guidelines to keep it safe and you're able to share about things that are going on in your life, things you're struggling with. You'll notice in James 5.16 here that it says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. There's a real connection between confession and healing. And this is not, you know, we know that if we confess our sins, God is righteous and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is, this is talking about confessing to another person, right? And that somehow God is connecting healing to that experience. I was reminded of this recently. There was a couple new guys that came just a few weeks ago And they told me the second week when they came back that just openly talking about their issues with others had had a big impact on their lives the following week. That was just from one week of coming. And, you know, one of the other things we do with CR is have these step studies where you get together with a group of guys or or ladies and go through a six-month program where you go through the, through the lessons and you ask, you know, you answer questions and deal with it. And you imagine the impact of that, of speaking openly about your issues over six months. Confession in our inventory process leads us in the process of removing the unresolved emotional and relational issues in our lives. Another principle from CR says, evaluate all my relationships. Offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me and make amends for harm I have done to others when possible, except when to do so would harm them or others. Happy are the merciful, happy are the uh, peacemakers. In my own past, I had a number of unresolved issues in my life. I thought that since Jesus had forgiven me, the the case was closed. In terms of my sin before God, yes, it was closed. He had forgiven me. 
But when I went through the inventory process in CR, it was like an emotional 80-pound backpack had been dropped from my shoulders. It was liberating. So in CR, after going through the process of working out our inventory, we choose to forgive and we choose to make amends. You know, Satan hates forgiveness and would rather keep you in bitterness and unforgiveness. But forgiveness and confession are powerful weapons in spiritual warfare. In my relationship with Sherry, after God began to rescue my life over 12 years ago, she chose to forgive me and God restored our marriage. She didn't have to. She could have divorced me. She had the papers filled out. She was ready to take them up to the courthouse. In fact, our our relationship was burned to the ground. There was no reason it should have kept on. In fact, I had just that December taken my son to the airport in Spokane, and I was driving home, and, and I was listening to Mercy Me or something, and God said to me, what if I did a miracle? What if I saved your marriage? And I was like, well, if you want to do that, God, I don't know how it's going to happen, but you could do it. And Sherry chose to forgive me. She decided to kick the devil in his teeth. In fact, you can hear Sherry's full testimony next week as well at the recovery thon, but you'll have to make it out to the 4 a.m. session. I expect to see all of you here. 4 a.m. for Sherry. Well, let me share a few more stories of folks that um, have been impacted here by CR. There's a couple who were in counseling for marriage issues. They didn't really want to come to CR, but Sherry made them. As they worked through the CR process, they ended up forgiving and reconciling, and now they love CR and help promote it to others. One woman came thinking that she was there to fix other people, and she found out that she had open wounds in her own life that needed healing. She is now truly helping others find the healing and grace in Jesus that she has found as well. There was a man who came to CR who believed for years that drugs would make him a smarter and better man, but his life was spiraling down. Now he has been freed from drugs for three years, and he faithfully serves God right here in our church. There was a man who came to CR. He used alcohol to give him confidence in social settings. As a result, though, of a couple DUIs, he was court-mandated to attend recovery meetings. Through this process, he found CR, and now he, is, he has victory over alcohol addiction while also realizing that there were deeper issues in his life that needed healing. Now, let's talk about a third important aspect of Christian living, which is healing or restoration. In my own life, I didn't have a category for healing before I got involved in Celebrate Recovery. At this time, I'd also um, started reading John Eldridge. Uh, You may have heard of Wild at Heart or Waking the Dead or um, Captivating for Ladies. This is a great passage, Isaiah 61.6, that's um, in CR and, and also John talked about it. This is in the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He was in the synagogue, and he said, this passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And he said, the spirit of of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good tidings 
to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. You know, Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. I'm going to focus on that one. To restore us. And I believe that we are all part of the brokenhearted. You know, if somebody is running, if, 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 if you're running a marathon and you fall down and you break your leg, you don't go to that person and say, hey, get up, try harder, go, go, go. He needs healing and then he can finish the race. You know, as Greg reminded us a couple weeks ago, your heart is the core of who you are. It's the center of your being. With your heart, you believe. With your heart, you love. With your heart, you trust God. In fact, Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So the healing of your heart is really, we might say, freedom from the lies of the past so that now you can walk in the truth and believe with your whole heart, your mind, your emotions, and your will. You know, Jesus' plan for us is to make us whole and holy. But in order to make us holy, we have to be whole. We have to have those broken places knit together again. I believe it's a deep work that God does within our hearts. In fact, when I talk about these memories from my own past, I began to learn to invite Jesus into those broken places and memories memories, and to touch and to heal them, and he has. In Sherry's counseling, she emphasizes that all believers are sinners, saints, and sufferers. We all know that we've fallen short of God's glory, that we are sinners. We also know that as believers, we are saints. We've been given a new identity as God's children but we are also sufferers. And this is an important aspect to realize because we suffer from our own sin and from the sins of others. And this is an important thing for us to keep in mind so that we can have compassion on others and also compassion on ourselves. Some of the other principles from CR, realize I'm not God. I admit that I am powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing and that my life is unmanageable. Yep, you're not God. Neither am I. Amen? That's good news. It's amazing how much we act like we are, though, sometimes. So that's a good reminder. In this principle, we talk about getting out of denial, which, by the way, is more than a river in Egypt. Denial causes us to make excuses and to ignore, hey, I've got an issue. Um, and so we got to get real about that. We also talk about that I, you know, realizing that I am powerless in myself to change. I need Jesus and his power. Another principle in CR is earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to him, and that he has the power to help me recover. Now, most of us believe that God exists, but that second one is sometimes a little more tricky because through just the trials, the struggles, the hardness of life, the you know, sickness, the things that happen to us, sometimes it's hard to believe that we really do matter to him. He might be off doing other things, more important things. He doesn't have time to worry about me. But when we look at the cross, we see God's love for us, that Jesus died on the cross 
and God gave his son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That third part there, that he has the power to help me recover, when we look at the resurrection, we see that Jesus overcame death and sin and that that power is available to us to help us recover. Now the next principle is consciously choose to commit all my life and will to Christ's care and control. Happy are the meek. In this principle we learn and teach to turn to Jesus and learn to trust in him. You know, God brings a lot of folks to CR who are not yet believers, and so we have the opportunity to share the gospel with them, and it is a great outreach to the community, and we see people coming to the Lord, and that's, that's been an exciting part of the ministry as well. Let me share a few other examples of folks that have been impacted. There's a woman who came to bring her daughter who was addicted to drugs, but after a while, her daughter stopped coming. But she stayed to deal with fear and codependency and gained a new lease on life in the process. She then became one of our leaders for a number of years. There's a woman who came to CR to deal with high anxiety issues over her child who had been making bad decisions in his life. And she ended up finding peace in her life again. She now serves on our leadership team as well. And there's a man who came to CR who was battling with a pornography addiction that was only getting worse. And you know what they say about pornography, 99 out of 100 guys, it's a temptation, and the other guy's lying. (laughs) Now he has been free from pornography for over 18 months and faithfully serves on our leadership team as well. Let me tell you a little bit of just a, real quickly about the, uh, some of the community dynamics and experience. I talked about the big group meeting, the small group meeting, and the uh, step studies. But in terms of the environment of CR, we, we are encouraged to get real, to take off our masks. We have, you have permission to have issues and not have it all together. Uh, you learn to work on your own issues, which we call your side of the street. In fact, it's a perfect, perfect environment if you're dealing with any marriage issues because as Sherry shared um, in her counseling, one of the biggest things that folks need to learn about is learning to deal with their own issues. And when you're in marriage conflict, you always want to fix your spouse, right? Well, you need to focus on your own stuff and let God work on your spouse. In fact, I remember in my own experience, um, when I was first started, I was sitting, sitting there in my... Uh, family room by the fire and I'm talking to Daryl Anglin who's my sponsor on the phone and I was just railing with him if Sherry would just admit her part of this and how she's got problems too then I would be able to deal with my own stuff you know and and Cheryl Daryl was just telling me no no Mike you just need to own it the Lord brought me to a place where I realized Jesus has owned it all for me He owned it on the cross for me. And so I can accept responsibility for my own life. And um, that uh, did a uh, powerful thing in our lives. And God restored our marriage. In fact, spoiler alert on my testimony on Friday, the Lord used this to save our marriage. And Lord willing, this October, it'll be 35 years. Praise God. Yeah, praise the Lord. 
So in CR, we also talk about you know, having ex- learning acceptance, right? Laying down, judging others. And it gives you an opportunity to start anew and afresh and to get connected with others, you know, accountability partners, get a sponsor. My sponsor was Daryl Anglin. In fact, Daryl and Sherry Anglin started CR over 15 years ago here in Moscow. Um, and then he, he had the nerve to go and get cancer. That's how Sherry and I got, got involved with CR. Um, you know, he's doing much better now, though. We praise God for that. Just a few more things here in terms of uh, folks that have been impacted by CR. One woman came to deal with the grief of losing two sons. She had found, she found comfort and encouragement and a new perspective on life. One woman, one woman who came had left an abusive marriage and found healing and hope in her life through Jesus. And there was that one woman who came because her husband was dysfunctional and then she found out she was dysfunctional too. After she had completed a six-month step study, she now had a greater insight into her own issues and faithfully serves on our leadership team. If you're going to be um, serving communion, if you could go ahead and go back and get ready for that. So my three goals here was to introduce you to CR, to kind of show that all of us can benefit from Christ-centered recovery and hopefully to remove some misunderstandings that you might have had about CR. Here's some questions that for your home groups that you can wrestle with this week. And number one, what are some hurts, habits, or hangups that God has enabled you experience real progress in overcoming? What are some ways you can, uh, that you think God might have you share those experiences with others? You know, CR is not the only place you can learn and practice these things that we're discussing. It, you might do this within your home group, uh, me and three, and discipleship uh, course. Uh, I know we have these wild at heart uh, classes. If you have overcome things in your life, be open about those and share them with others and share with them how God worked in your life to overcome those things the chances are there's someone else around in your life that needs to hear that from you. Sometimes we want to look good, but sometimes I think it's better to help others how God has worked in our lives. The second question is, what are some hurts, habits, or hang-ups that you would like to be freed from? You know, none of us, not any of us, are above having issues. At RCR here, we have people with PhDs, master's degrees, bachelors, associates, diplomas, GEDs, and I'm sure there's a few that decided they didn't need to finish school at all. So there's all sorts of folks that come. The third question is, what are some unresolved issues that you know you ought to deal with to move forward in your life with Jesus? Another way to state this is, do you want to be more fully alive. I came across an amazing vote, uh, quote by St. Irenaeus. He was one of the early church fathers. The glory of God is man fully alive. As you and I become more of who God created us to be 
and overcome these things in our lives and receive the healing and the wholeness and the holiness that God has for us, we become more fully alive and we bring more glory to God. Kind of like with the sun, you know, it, it, the, the moon reflects the glory of the sun. The fourth question is, what disciplines would you like to start or improve to grow in your relationship with Jesus? You know, if something has resonated with you to know, this morning, CR can be a great place to grow and learn. <clears throat> Sometimes we think, though, that CR is for those people. In a lot of ways, if we are honest, we are all those people. We have at RCR here, carpenters, teachers, electricians, concrete guys, salespeople, office workers, stay-at-home moms, computer guys, and whatever you do when you show up. Also, if you just want to serve God, it's a great place to help us to reach out to the community and serve those that are in need. So come help us. Okay, we're going to go to communion now. This is a great thing. I love that we do this here every week at Real Life. The Lord Jesus, on the, right, uh, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember Jesus. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's remember Jesus. All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you love us, that our hearts matter to you, that you have overcome sin and death and you want to make us into your children, your Lord, whole and holy, healed up to be able to proclaim your name to this world. Father, I thank you for everyone here tonight. I pray for your blessing on them. I pray that you would do your work here in Moscow to bring people to your son, Jesus, one person at a time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.